good morning. Welcome to Fellowship Church. We welcome you here in this space and those of you joining us online, whether you're joining us in real time or catching up uh, later in the week or later in the day. We trust that it is the spirit that unites us together. Today is the sixth and final Sunday of the Lenten season. We call it Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. We join in the practice of Christians for centuries and around the world in remembering today that on his journey to the cross, Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem with palm branches and shouts of Hosanna, Lord, save us. Only days later, those shouts of Hosanna turned into cries of crucify him as Jesus failed to meet the expectations of the crowds. This week, called Holy Week, is quite the emotional and spiritual journey, and we're glad that you've joined us for it. This morning, we hope you received a palm branch as you came in. Um, for those of you joining online, maybe you made one at home or you have something else symbolic to wave as you join in us, with us. Um, as we begin our time of worship this morning, we do invite you to wave your palm branches as we speak and sing Hosanna. Uh, and whenever you would like to wave it, you can do it at other times as well, but we'll uh, kind of lead you in that this morning with Hosanna. Um, we're gonna use the words of Psalm 118 this morning to really call our hearts into a space of worship. These words would have been the ones on the minds and hearts of the people as they welcome Jesus into Jerusalem. So as we enter into that story, we're glad that you've joined us. Would you stand and let's use the words on the screen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let Israel say, Let the house of Aaron say, Let those who fear the Lord say, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. As we are called into worship today, we remember that when God appeared on earth in the person of Jesus, most of the world did not recognize him and therefore did not worship him. Today, we ask for faith that will open our eyes to see Jesus for who he is, that we might worship him in truth. People of God, behold and see your God. Lord, open our eyes to see your glory. Lord, open our ears to hear your wisdom. Lord, open our hands to offer you gifts. Lord, open our mouths to sing your praise. Lord, open our hearts to offer you our love. Let's join our voices together in song.
Lord be with you. As just said just a few minutes ago, we made it to the final week of Lent. Throughout Lent, we've been journeying together through a devotional that has invited us to practice less is more. We've engaged a different theme of less each week. Less junk food, less hurriness, less screen time, less shopping, less worry, less arguing, and this week, we are practicing less earth-wastiness and more eco-friendly. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. From the very beginning of scripture, we are told the story of a creator who makes a good and beloved creation filled with living things, living beings and growing things anteaters and apple trees, dragonflies and dandelions, giant squids and green beans. Among God's creatures, human beings are called to steward and care for this good and beloved creation. But there are so many ways that we do not fulfill this calling. This is what will guide our prayer of confession today. The prayer will start and end with a call and response, which will be on the screen. Please join me in prayer. O Lord, you desire truth in our inward being. Teach us wisdom in our deepest heart. Come to us with your light. Come to us with your truth so we may set down the many burdens that keep us from following you. Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of all creation. You have called each of us into being and placed us in the midst of your creation, a creation that you have called good and that you sustain by the works of your hands. Today, we listen for the groaning of creation as it longs to be restored and renewed. We listen to the waters of Lake Makatawa as they long to flow clean and pure. We listen to the polar bear and the monarch butterfly as they and so many other species are disappearing. We listen to the people who have lost their homes to the extreme storms and rising sea levels brought about by climate change. Lord, forgive us for the ways we have harmed your creation. Forgive us when we take more than we need, when we choose the convenience of the disposable over the earth's well-being. Forgive us when we consume without thought, without regard to the larger cost to the world around us, as natural resources are used faster than the earth can replenish them, and as we create trash faster than the earth can break it down. Forgive us for the moments when our greed drives our decisions, when we choose to consume more simply because we want to, or because it's easier or newer or more comfortable. Lord, teach us to love the world as you do. 
grow seeds of wisdom in us so that we can discern and choose ways of living that work toward the renewing of all creation. Teach us to listen for the song of creation so that we may better hear its groaning. And in response, may we treat it as you would, with tender care and fierce compassion. O oh Lord, you desire truth in our inward being. Teach us wisdom in our deepest heart. Come to us with your light. Come to us with your truth. So we may come to you and see. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. The Lord forgives you. Whatever burdens you're carrying, God invites you to let them go. The triune God is at work to renew and restore you and all of creation. And we, the beloved and forgiven people of God, are called to join in this good work. This is good news. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. And also.
be seated. Well, good morning, church. The Lord be with you. It is good to gather with you for worship this morning as we sing songs of praise on our lips, as we carry palm branches in our hands. We're reminded, as the psalmist said, that this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And it is good to gather with you for worship this morning. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining us online, we're glad to gather. My name is Ross Dealman, one of the pastors here at Fellowship Church, and together we have a mission, and I want to invite you to say it together with me this morning, because I think you know it too. Let's say it. Our mission is to love God and others as an accepting community centered in Christ and focused on developing faithful followers of Jesus. There's a person in our midst today that served this mission well, and we're glad to have them with us this morning. Pastor Reverend Dr. Brian Keeper is over on this side. We welcome you with us this morning. We like to claim you as a forever fellowshipian, so uh, we're glad to have you in our midst this morning. One of the ways that we carry out that mission we just shared together is by caring for one another. We do it in big ways and in small ways and even prayerful ways. They're listed in our bulletin uh, as they are always week on the middle, uh, every week uh, on the middle flap there. I draw your attention to it and I want to add to it this morning a few things that are missing from that list. Uh, we extend our sympathy to Sue Cole, who at the end of the month of March lost her mother, Kathy Armbruster. Uh, she had a rich life, a wonderful life, all the way up to age 85. And, uh, and, and whenever we love someone well and celebrate their life, we miss them when they're gone. And so if you know Sue, or if you are simply inclined to send cards or whatever, we invite you to extend care to Sue at this time as she is mourning the loss of her mom. As the scriptures say, we not only mourn with those who mourn, we also rejoice with those who rejoice. And we're rejoicing this weekend as a wedding celebration has taken place just yesterday in this place. We're celebrating with the Kellner family. Allison Kellner was married, and that is the daughter of Jean and Pat Kellner. So thanks be to God for another joining together of covenant love in our midst together here at Fellowship. And then last but not least, another one to add to that list of care concerns in our bulletin is Judy Voss, a senior saint uh, in our midst. She is a definite card writer. Maybe you've received a card from her. She just yesterday uh, was admitted to um, Butterworth Hospital for emergency gallbladder surgery, and she's recovering now. So if you'd like to return the flavor, favor and send her a card, that would be much appreciated. Otherwise, keep her in your prayers as she recovers right now. This is a big week, and in fact, I'm making double announcements this week because next week, Sunday, is Easter, and we won't do announcements. So this week ahead of us is called Holy Week. It's kicked off today with a day called Palm Sunday with these branches that we are waving already together, a celebratory beginning to a very serious week in the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and in the life of his church ever since. We invite you to join us for some worship services, not only today, which you're already here for, but also this coming Thursday, where we have a service that is the final hours of Jesus, a blending of a Monday Thursday service and a Good Friday service. That'll be Thursday night at 6.30 in this place and online as well. You're welcome to join us 
as we enter into those moments with Jesus and with one another together in this place. And then after that, April 17 is Easter Sunday, where we will gather three times over. One of our gatherings is a sunrise service. Uh, So the early risers who by choice or by nature wake up early and want to join us and welcome uh, into into the Easter celebrations as the sunrise, you can can join us here at 6.45 in the morning. The sunrise is around 7 a.m. That service is one where we're asking masks to be worn because we are mindful of some folks still seeking a a place of elevated safety right now. And so uh, if you're online with us, please do mark your calendars for next Sunday to join us at that time or anyone else who wants to join in a sunrise service next week on Easter morning. We'll then follow that with our two normal services, and by that I mean our normal times, Easter celebrations at 9 and 10.30 again here and online. You are welcome to invite your family and friends and neighbors. In fact, this postcard goes out this week, and uh, you can pick up the extras at the welcome desk out back if you know of someone you'd like to invite personally to join us in the Easter celebration please do so. Uh, it also mentions our Easter candy scramble on Saturday. So for the kids, even, you could join in on that or the young at heart, whatever. It's candy. Uh, then jumping ahead, the following Sunday, April 24, okay, so two weeks from today is the day of our congregational meeting. We will have that after each worship service. It'll be tagged right on. Uh, we'll join together in that. It is a time in which we approve new leadership in our congregation for our consistory where we review a budget, a spending plan for our ministry and mission and our life together. If you have questions or comments or rude remarks about any of those very things, we have some meetings after this service where you can come and uh, lay those things bare with people who can at least try to answer those questions with you. Uh, So after this service down in the adult wing, just follow the signs and you can go there. And if you have questions, you can have them answered. Then also I want to make known to you that if you are a visitor to our midst here at Fellowship Church but would like to possibly join us through membership, we have a class called Discover Fellowship Cafe, and that will be on May 1, a Sunday afternoon, a couple hours carved out there, an opportunity to simply learn about this congregation, its ministry and its mission, and also with the possibility of joining through membership at the end of it. So take note of that day in the days ahead. Finally, we continue in our worship as we regularly do through the giving of our tithes and offerings, which you can do online or also in the giving baskets at the back of the sanctuary, which supports all of these things and many more that I've mentioned even this morning. So let's continue in worship this morning in song and as preparation for the hearing of God's word this morning. Yeah. 
together we fall down. The word of the Lord comes to us this morning from John chapter 12, verses 12 to 19. Hear these words from the book that we love. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, you see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you to my wife, Erin, for reading scripture this morning. We do everything together. The last week and a half's adventure has been a family battle with influenza. So this morning, it was early, over earlier this week mostly, so you're safe. But uh, if I take a few extra drinks of water this morning, just a heads up. Ah, oh, that's good. All right. <clears throat> My name is Bryce Vanderstelt. I'm the Minister of Youth and Young Adults here at Fellowship. And it's a gift and a joy to be able to talk about this scripture with you all this morning. This is one of those passages, one of those stories that we talk about every year. And I think that these passages are reminders to us, whether it's Palm Sunday, Easter, Christmas. We talk about these and we're reminded that every time we come to stories in scripture, the Spirit speaks to us in new ways. So this morning, to get to what the Spirit may be telling us this morning, we're going to talk about a lot of different topics. 
And if you're someone that likes to take notes, I'm just going to lay the whole sermon out for you right now. We're just going to throw it up on the screen so you know what's coming. This morning, we are going to talk about Velcro, penicillin, the Dead Sea Scrolls, palm branches, donkeys, home realty, and the mystery of what God is doing all around us that we cannot fully understand or imagine. There we go. Now, since you guys all know, I, mean, I don't really need to talk further. We're all on the same page. We get it. But Ross told me I had to fill time. So... I'll talk for a little bit longer. Uh, we all go through life aware of some things, right? There are things that we do intentionally. We go to work, we clean the house, we eat food, things that we want to do. But there are also things that happen unintentionally. We call these accidents. Maybe you're walking in your kitchen and you're close to, uh, close to something, you actually lean over and you hit down a cup. I won't knock down anything this morning. But you knock down the cup and suddenly you hear that sound of glass shattering that makes you go, ooh, I really don't wanna look. But you look and you realize, oh, sorry, honey, your grandma's cup is broken, right? In my house, a weekly occurrence with kids uh, is you walk around and you accidentally stub your toe on something or step on some toy, right? These things happen that we don't want. But some of the accidents in life are not bad. We have a term for this. These are happy accidents. In fact, some of history's greatest inventions and discoveries have come from happy accidents. I'd like to share just a few with you this morning. In the early 1950s, a Swiss engineer named George Demestrel was taking his dog on a walk in the foothills of the Alps. And once he got home, he realized once again his dog had a bunch of burrs in his fur. And George was an engineer, he had a curious mind. So he cut out some of the fur and he took out the burr and he put it under a microscope to figure out why are these burrs sticking to my dog's fur. And what he found out as he looked under the microscope was the burr is covered in a bunch of tiny hooks and the dog's fur under a microscope has a bunch of tiny loops and this hook and loop catches one another. Now this led to him being curious if he could create a similar contraption and in the next decade it led to him inventing Velcro. In 1928, Dr. Alexander Fleming was researching the flu virus when one of his bacteria cultures uh, started to grow a fungus in it, and instead of throwing it out because it was infected, he investigated what the fungus was. And as he looked at the fungus, he noticed that around it there was a ring, which meant that the bacteria, or that the fungus was toxic to the bacteria around it. So he started to look closer, and what he ended up discovering was penicillin. And this is the first use, of, or the first discovery of penicillin as a way to fight disease, which has effects on all of us today. A little closer to our church home, in 1947, there were two Bedouin shepherds traveling with their flock in the foothills of Qumran near the Dead Sea. One of the goats wandered off, so one of the shepherds went to find the goat. As he was walking, he came across a large cave, and as you do, he leaned over and he picked up a stone, and he threw it in, waiting to hear the thud. But he didn't hear a thud. He heard a clay pot shatter, and this piqued his curiosity. So once he got his friend, the other shepherd, they went to go explore, and they pulled out these big sealed clay pots, and they saw that there was old papyrus in them, and they sold them, not for much money. But as people started to find them, they started to realize that these were some of the earliest manuscripts of the Bible that we have. These are known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. It actually led to a discovery of 10 other caves in that area, with similar sealed clay pots in there. So Velcro starts out because somebody took his dog on a walk. Penicillin comes from a random fungus, and the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered because a goat wandered off from the flock. Sometimes things happen 
and in the moment we're unaware of their significance. But as Christians, we don't believe that life is just one big happy accident. We believe that God is up to something in the world. And in the scripture that we heard this morning, Jesus isn't doing anything by accident either. But there was one verse uh, in 16 while I was reading this scripture for this sermon. One thing that stood out to me uh, in verse 16, it says, the disciples did not understand these things at the time. Let's talk about our scripture and the things that they may not have understand. So in this story, Jesus is coming to town. It's the beginning of the week that will lead to the cross. Jesus is aware of this, but everyone else is not. One of the symbols that John mentions is that Jesus sits on a donkey. Now, when a ruler would come home from conquering another land, they would come on their horse, right? You want to make a big show, kind of a parade of it. So you would come and you would ride on your biggest horse. In the same way, if you went to another town and you were a king or a ruler and you wanted to intimidate someone, you would go and you would be on your biggest horse. Like if we went to a different church in town, we would take our best pastor to intimidate them. No, we wouldn't do that. Ross is like, that's a no-go. We wouldn't do that. But you understand. Now, the donkey is kind of the anti-horse. The donkey is this thing that's like, look, I've, I come in peace. I'm not going to conquer anyone. Take this as an example. A couple of notes here. I am well aware that this is a zebra. Okay. <laughs> this is a zebra. This is not a donkey. Uh, and also, there was a line that caught me while reading this week. It said, picture donkeys, but donkeys were not as large as they are today. Just like anything else, we breed them to be larger. And it's a young donkey. But a note, it wasn't this small. This is an exaggeration, all right? This isn't to scale. So it's a zebra and it's extra small. But Jesus is a full-grown man. And to put this picture in your head, if a full-grown man comes into town on a small donkey, <laughs> this, this is not intimidating. This is, you know, this Jesus comes into town, he's like, I, we're all good. Don't worry, right? So Jesus comes into town on a donkey as a sign of peace. But it's not just peace. He's actually doing something else under the surface. We read in the verses that when Jesus comes, it's actually to fulfill a scripture that said, when the king of Israel comes, he will be sitting on a donkey. So when Jesus sits on the donkey, he's not just sitting down. When the disciples watch him sit, they're watching Jesus fulfill hundreds of years of prophecy. This is actually a promise being fulfilled. This is a big deal. This is moon landing type of big event, right? And it makes me wonder, what do the disciples do in that moment when they see something, this promise that God made to them hundreds of years ago being fulfilled? What's the response? It says they, they miss it. <laughs> they did not understand. To them, Jesus is just riding a donkey. Like yesterday, I was reading uh, an article online that was a bunch of people sharing stories where they saw famous people and like talked to them, but they didn't know who it was that they were talking to. And then like later, their friend's like, you were just talking to Tom Hanks. And they're like, I was? Right? You miss it in the moment, and you're like, oh. So the disciples miss what's going on. But there are other people in the story who seem to know what they expect. They think they know what's going on, and that's the Jewish people. Now, the Jewish people have gathered for the celebration of Passover. This is an annual celebration. It's not odd that they're gathering together. This is something they would have done year after year. But this year, the special event is they hear that Jesus is coming. And they're excited for a big reason. John uh, makes the point, 
They're excited because the people who saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead just keep telling people about it. Of course they do. Why wouldn't you? Right? So they keep telling people about it. So they're excited to see Jesus again. And then John says, it was also because they had heard that he performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. So the people are excited because they've seen Jesus do this miraculous sign, or they've heard that Jesus did this miraculous sign. So there's this expectation and excitement. Maybe Jesus is going to do something else exciting and amazing. But what are they expecting? John gives us a couple of hints. They yell, Hosanna, which, literally, which translates as, save us, please. Please come and save us. So we know they want them to be saved. And I don't think they're just talking about a spiritual saving. They are saying, our nation is under attack. Please come and like, save us. And then they're also waving palm branches. And John is the only gospel that mentions that they're palm branches. So it begs the question, why? What's the point? A palm branch in this day and age was meant to signify a conquering king coming back. They would come home and they would wave palm branches to celebrate the conquering of another place. In fact, Israel has a history where their temple had been overrun and they ran people out. And when they regained the temple, they waved palm branches to celebrate. So there is a feeling of conquering with the palm branch that they are expecting. But something's going on under the surface. There's a contradiction between these two things. Do you see it? They're waving the palm branch, hoping that Jesus will bring conquering. But Jesus is on a donkey saying, no, I'm coming in peace. These two things don't seem to go together. And there's a history here. Israel had planned on the promised Messiah to come and save them. But they pictured that that Messiah would be a king, a warrior in the traditional sense that would come and save their nation. And instead they get Jesus. Now we like Jesus, but to them he was a little bit of a letdown. He's this weird guy who hangs out with sinners and tells people to love each other. But, at this, but he has been doing amazing things. He has power. He's been raising people from the dead. So I wonder if in this moment of Palm Sunday, while they wave palm branches, there's a wondering of Jesus has not been the person that we thought he was going to be. But maybe he still will be. Maybe if we wave our palm branches and say, Jesus, save us. Jesus, this is what we want you to be. Maybe he'll finally be that. So they don't quite understand that Jesus, what Jesus is doing because Jesus is ultimately coming to sacrifice himself. And it's not just for Israel. It's for the entire world. But the thing about this all is, it's okay that they don't get it. It's okay that these people miss the point because the fact is that Jesus' mission continues on whether they understand it or not. Jesus still goes into Jerusalem. Jesus still goes to the cross. Jesus still dies and he rises again because the work of God does not stop if we don't get it, right? God continues on even if it's under everybody's radar. We, of course, know the rest of the story because all we have to do is sit back in a chair and read a couple more chapters, and we're like, well, that's how it ends. Why didn't they know? Hindsight is twenty twenty. How in that moment were they supposed to know what was going on right in front of them? All right. So what does this mean for us right now in this room? Palm branches, donkeys. I wonder what God is doing in our lives that we're missing. What are the things that are going on that we just don't see? Like the disciples, we have no idea what the events of today are going to bring in the future. 
Maybe we take our dog on a walk and we make Velcro, right? Throughout our lives, we make millions of small decisions, and it's not until later that we look back and we get to see the story that God is writing through those decisions. In the other Gospels, we're told that the disciples were told to go and get the donkey. And again, they don't know why, but Jesus is just like, get me a donkey. So they go and they get the donkey. They do the next step. Well, I believe that we all have donkeys in our lives. We have things that Jesus calls us to do every day, whether that's being kind to others, loving our enemies, which looks very specific in a million different ways depending on who you are and where you're at. We're playing the part of the disciples, doing what Jesus tells us to do, trusting that we're taking part in this bigger work of God that we do not see. But sometimes our call comes in a very specific way. And I invite you to hear Mary Moore, who's a congregation member of our church, share a story of a time that she took the next step in following God's call. One of the, the times that I really felt God working with me as an adult um, it was a, about 20 years ago when I was looking for a new house to buy. And my daughter and I had um, lived in a tiny little 600 square foot home and we were happy there, we loved it there, but it was time, her, she was getting a little bigger, it was time to get a little bit more space. So um, I had actually looked at this house and felt like, for some strange reason, like maybe this was the house for us. And I was going to go through it for a second time with the realtor, and I beat him to the house. So I was actually sitting right here on this porch and having a pretty honest conversation with God about, you know, this makes no sense. We are a two-person family. We're coming from a 600-square-foot house. This house has four bedrooms, three bathrooms, was way too big for us. So I'm talking to God, and I'm saying, God, this makes no sense. So why do I feel called to this house? What? you got to help me. I don't understand. This is a decision I have to make. It makes no sense. And very clearly, I, I didn't physically hear a voice, but I knew it was God talking to me, and he said, so fill it up. I ended up buying the house, and in 20 years, I mean, within six months, I had a relative going through a bad divorce, another relative that needed a place to stay, some pets. We were full. Every bedroom was full. We had six animals in the house. The house was, and they had three, house, three homes worth of furniture in moving in. And since then, I don't go out and look for people, but people find me. And we've had several exchange students. I had an immigrant from um, Honduras who didn't speak any English. She was here for three years. Um, I had another woman who was working through a domestic violence situation. This was her safe house for probably a year and a half. She would come here when she needed to hide and be safe. Um, so God has just provided amazing opportunities to fill this house up. for Mary Moore, and yes, we've shared that video before, but I thought it was worth showing again this morning. 
Because with this story, I think that she could have looked at any of those instances and thought, maybe this is why God called me to get this house. But it's not until much later that she can look back and she starts, sits down and tells us story after story after story that you suddenly see this story that God has written in her life. And I was lucky enough to be there when we filmed this video. It was me, Ross, and Jess. And we stood in her front yard, uh, and I'm standing behind the camera listening to her uh, share this story with us. And I found myself being inspired by what God was doing here. And this is something that I had nothing to do with, right? As I'm living a life doing other things, God is doing this over here. But by hearing the story, I'm invited to be a part of it. So all these things that happened that God did through that continues to move on. And then we got to edit the video, and then we got to share it with you in a service. And now we get to share it with you again. And you're all invited into that story of what God is doing with one of our congregation members. Because we do these little things, and God does a lot more with them than we can dream up. So again, what's the donkeys in your life? What are the, what's the next step that God is asking you to do? Is it to buy a certain house? Is it to take the next step in loving someone? Only you can know what that step is, but all we can do is take the next step because all we have is today. We take the next step trusting that God is doing something more than we can imagine. But sometimes we get stuck, right? I don't want to act like next steps are always an easy thing to do because sometimes we're the type of people that say, well, I don't want to take the next step if I don't know what the end goal is, right? Like, if I, I, don't, I don't want to waste my time. Maybe you're just like, the next step sounds dumb. Love my enemy? Have you met my enemies? They're terrible people. That's why they're my enemies. I don't like them, right? So we just don't do it because we're like, I don't like that next step. Maybe you're in a point in your life where you're like, look, the next step is me turning to God or turning to someone for help because I'm in a moment of crisis and something's going really badly and God seems far away. And do you know how difficult it is to take the next step when God feels like he's not there? That's tough. Maybe you're someone who's wondering, I would take the next step, but I'm just not good enough. When, I'm, when I get myself together, when I pull myself up, when I start to put these things together, then I'll be good enough to do the next step that God is calling me to do. But God doesn't want me if I'm me. See, when the crowd was waving palm branches, they were not completely wrong with their expectations. Jesus is a type of king. Jesus did have a type of victory, but they did not have it all together. They did not completely understand, and that was okay. I wonder what our expectations are as you all hold a palm branch and look at the palm branches in your hands. What are your expectations that you carry? Do you expect that God is around just to make you happy? Do you expect that God is a member of a certain political party? Do you expect God only wants you if you have everything figured out? This morning, I want to reset our expectations. As we enter Holy Week, we are reminded that God loved the world so much that he sent his son to die for us, and God is so powerful that the power of hell could not contain him. And now the Holy Spirit continues God's work of redeeming the world, and we have the chance to take a part of it. But our role is to do the things that are right in front of us, the daily actions where we trust that God is doing far more than we can dream. And there's freedom in embracing that mystery because the fact is we cannot know all the ways that God is at work around us. But we can take a part in it. So as we end our service, I invite you during this next song to take your palm branch 
and, as, and to bring it up to the edge of the stage. And as you do that, I encourage you to think about what are the things that you need to let go of? Is it the fear of doing the next step? Is it an expectation that you've put on God? Is it an expectation that you've put on yourself? And as you let go of control and open yourself up to what God is doing, know that you may not know where it all leads, but trust that God's spirit is at work all around us. And as we enter into Holy Week, may we be open to hear what God is telling us here and now. Amen. And may you stand.
phase we're going to join God's work of turning graves into gardens is in a couple weeks, an event called Walk for Water. We invite you to sign up out back to join us. It is a simple time where we will grow in awareness of uh, how some people do walk for water in this world. It is a time where we'll do it because they do it. We'll walk in solidarity, and then we'll also join together uh, getting t-shirts as a way of visibility, telling their story so they're not forgotten. You can sign up out back. There's pamphlets available as well. We're going to conclude our service singing a song of blessing over top of one another, so I invite you to split down the middle and face each other. On this side, you're going to join with Jess and sing the first part, and on this side, you're going to join with Hannah and Steve and sing the echo back across the aisle. Let's sing together.